0: So we're we're a Christian um, group of guys, and we're all followers of Christ. And I do want to talk a little bit about this.
1: And I look up, and he's trying to click the camera on, and I go 72 yards. My strategy was completely different. I he scout out of these areas, and I
2: knew the terrain features I wanted to hunt. These smaller bucks start hitting it, and then the older
1: age class deer start hitting it.
0: I think our deer at home at bigger ranges than we want to admit, just because I, of the more pressure. I 100% agree. I think that I would rather use a scrape line because I imagine that there's more bucks hitting a scrape line because the line's longer. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Elevated sets are great. Um, different cameras respond different to them because what a lot of people don't understand is it's not a uh, motion sensor that set these cameras off. Wrap it up, Kebby. Send us home, baby. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back to another episode of Born Again Bow Hunting Podcast. On this week's episode, we got Dalton Lewis here from the Stick Boys. How's it going tonight?
2: Man, it's going good.
3: Happy to be here. Dude, Happy thanks, to see you guys. Tonight. Thanks for joining us. We really appreciate it. Yeah, that. this yeah.
0: was a last minute. Um we had we had a cancellation, and I've I've wanted to reach out to you guys for a while now. And I, I thought, well, why not? You know, we had that cancellation, and I was like, mm-hmm. let's just reach out to them because yep. we wanted to talk the big woods. <laughs> And uh, yeah. and now we're going to be talking
3: it. Yeah, so yeah. It's, it seems to be like your guys' specialty is stick bows in the big woods. <laughs> yeah, it's very cool. Yeah, it's quite a combination. Yeah, but yeah, I, I love it. I love it. Yeah. So uh, why don't you just tell us a little bit about yourself and a little bit about the brand, and then we'll get into <clears throat> some icebreaker questions, yep. and then get into the real okay. meat and potatoes of the podcast. Yes, sir.
2: Nice. Um, so I'm Dalton Lewis. Um, I'm from the mountains, North Carolina. Um, up around. Uh, the Boone area um, so we're up at a pretty good elevation here and um, that's that's what I do is mountain hunting that's what I grew up doing um, sick boys I, I bow hunted my entire life there's there's pictures of me at three years old with a self bow, my dad made me and, uh, reading upside down deer and deer hunt magazine. So I, I was hopeless from the get go as far as that goes, <laughs> I, was, I was born into the addiction. There was no getting away from that. So, uh, anyways, I, you know, that, that evolved very quickly. And, uh, I don't, I don't know how often there's been a day go by since that I haven't thought about bow hunt. that is, mm-hmm. it's, it's part of me. There's no, uh, there's no getting away from it. Like I, my wife and I were talking the other day and it's getting towards the, the last couple of days of Turkey season here. And it's been a terrible season. And, uh, cat, my wife, Callie, she's just like, you know, have you thought about just sleeping in a day or, you know, I'm like, no, you don't understand. Like, it's not a, it's not like a choice. It's not like I chose, Oh, I, I want to go hunting this morning or I might go. Hunt. Like it's, if I don't go hunting, I have like this immense sense of guilt.
3: <laughs> and so,
2: and I, I don't think that's all that healthy to be honest with you, but it, uh, it's definitely how I am, but no, that's, so I saw bow hunting my whole life. And, uh, so I, I picked up a camera, um, in about 2015 or 2016 and started filming stick boys stuff. And, uh, and the reason why was, I just, I grew up watching, uh, watching hunting shows, like probably all you guys did. And, mm-hmm. um, I'll be honest with you. I just didn't like where it was headed. And I, I didn't, what I saw didn't represent me. And I know that that's um, that may not make a whole lot of sense, but like the, the consumer driven, the choking you with products and the, just what the hunting industry turned into in the two thousands and 2010s, just it, to be honest with you, it kind of made me sick. Yeah, And that wasn't at all me. And that wasn't at all any of the guys that I hunted with. And that's just not how we, how we roll and how we act. And I thought, you know, people see this and that's, that's not really, that's not hunting. That's not realistic to me. And so I started wanting to film like why we hunt just the, the camaraderie and the fun and the, just the buddiness of it. And it doesn't matter what kind of bow you got or what kind of arrow you're shooting or whatever. It's just that it's fun. You know, we have a good time. And so that's kind of how, how we got into the whole filming thing. And I, I picked up a camera and my buddies fought me for it with it for a long time. They were like, ah, it's stupid. I don't want to deal with the camera. But then they started seeing a couple of the hunts and they're like, Oh, I kind of like that.
1: Yeah. And
2: so then we ended up, ended up, and now I've kind of gotten as addicted to the camera as anything else, like getting certain shots and things like that. So, and it kind of took off from there. I'll be honest with you. Um, we made a YouTube channel and it was actually a college project. Um, and, and a guy taught me a professor. I'm a, I'm a secondary history education major uh, that's teaching middle school. And so, Uh, One of my professors, we were our last, our final paper. He came to us like a month before, and he's like, "Hey, this isn't going to be a paper. This is going to be a video." And we're like, "What?" You know, I've never seen anything like that. And he said, "Well, it's the exact same process. You got to tell a story. You got to have the research. You got to have a beginning. You got to have a middle. You got to have an end. You got to have a conclusion. But you're going to do it with a camera. It's just a different medium." And I'm like, "That's the stupidest thing I've ever heard." (laughs) But then the more the more I got to mess with it, I'm like, "Oh my god." Like this is the same thing as writing a paper. And I was good at that because I'm a history department guy. So, um, you know, so that that's kind of how I picked up filming and editing and uh, ended up doing that. And it ended up taking off. And uh, like an idiot, uh, two years ago, we realized um, I used a college email for the for the. For the youtube channel yeah. terrible mistake yeah. if any of you guys out there starting a youtube channel do not use a school domain yeah. Uh, yeah i tried every way in the world so i'm i went to app state and uh tried every way in the world to keep that email and they wouldn't let me and so i had to, we had to restart the channel lost everything we oh. were doing pretty well and had to start back at zero and start over so um we're we're now like a year and a half past that and everything's built back up a little bit so but Man. that's kind of how we got started and that's Man. uh that's what that's we do and now it's Yeah. Now it's, uh, you know, everything on stick boys, we, we all use stick bows, you know, obviously it's in the name and, uh, we just, we hunt everything, stick bows, try to show, have a good time. It's evolved into a podcast. Mm -hmm. Um, and everything we do is very woodsmanship centric, um, very much not how you can buy success, but how you can earn success. Just learning how to be a woodsman, things that we all used to learn from, uh, you know, old men and stuff like that. But now, uh, now it's not as common. So we try to keep that tradition alive and, uh, But anyways, that's a little bit about us. Yeah, sweet. Sweet. Very cool. I like it a lot. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Bummer about the uh, email. Oh, Oh, it was terrible.
2: It was, I'll vividly remember hitting delete and it was the most painful thing I've ever done because it was so much work, so much blood, sweat and tears and and uh and just to, to start
1: over oh it was terrible but <sighs> yeah we're past that now and Damn, uh, i've been
0: i've been crying <laughs> <laughs> I, I, yeah. I, I would have yeah. teared up yes
1: no you you would have yeah. been disappeared into a hole for a long no, time
0: i think i would have drove to you youtube headquarters or that school yeah. headquarters or whatever and like made yeah. them you're gonna make this right. work <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah they
2: were they worked with me for a little while and then they figured out that there was money involved Oh, and yeah. when they uh, figured out there was money involved, they just very suddenly lost interest in trying really, to really yeah, and really, yeah. And they and and that that's when it was very clear I was just going to have to start over. And, uh, yeah, it, it was painful because I mean, you guys know how it works YouTube's ran by an algorithm, and yep. you, you mm-hmm. build into that algorithm, and that algorithm starts to love you and starts you know, giving you what you need as far as putting your video in front of people. Yeah, and yeah. it takes a while to earn into that. And so, I luckily, you know, Lord's blessed us, and we've been able to get back in favor, you know, I guess, yeah. so to speak, and <laughs> yeah. got all that back going. But, yeah, it was fun. But, but we're through it now. We're on the other side of the storms. So. Good, yeah, good deal to
3: hear that, yeah.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. Well, why don't we jump right yeah. into the – Get
3: some icebreaker yeah, questions. Yeah. All So So um, – during hunting season, like what's your go-to drink, you know, energy drink, coffee guy, water, you name it. What is it? Oh, it's definitely
2: coffee. I, I'm, I'm drinking some coffee pretty hardcore in the morning. Uh, I'm a teacher, so I'm an addict from the get-go. But, uh, yeah, I live on I live on coffee in the morning and uh, uh, and in water through the day. I've never been a soda guy. I've never drank – I mean, I'll drink – like on a hunting trip now, if I'm like going on a road trip, a ginger ale and a Reese's cup, that's yeah, like exactly. the only time I eat the, – the only yeah. time I really – do that kind of thing is on a hunting trip but a Reese isn't a ginger ale that's where it's at for me for like going on a hunting trip but actually during the day never been a soda guy and then I got COVID a couple years ago and I've never I didn't really I wasn't a big soda guy to begin with but now it all tastes like burnt rubber and so I don't. I don't drink soda now at all. It, I mean, it just tastes terrible. Maybe that's uh, a good thing. Yeah. Yeah. It is a good thing. Yeah, yeah. I'm not even tempted to drink it now. Because, yeah. Yeah, yeah, but it's good. That's
3: awesome. Um, so. Next question would be: um, If you're running any kind of game cameras, what's your favorite camera right now? Um,
2: it I twenty eight dollar Tasco special at Walmart. Adam, yeah, that, those. I mean, somebody steals them, so what? Uh, yeah, you know, exactly. I, you know. I, uh, I love those things, and they. Uh, I, I've never had it. I've had one that didn't the infrared didn't work and i've probably got 12 or 14 of them and i had paid the two dollars for the walmart replacement so i went in there and she's like well just go switch it out I was like, <laughs> that's what i'm talking about so i did that and
0: that's
2: awesome. i mean i'm just
3: looking for a picture I, i'm not trying to frame these pictures right. i just want to yeah, know yeah. what's there so you just yeah.
0: want to know he's yeah. alive or if he's there you yep. i've always yeah, exactly. had good
3: good reliability luck with uh, yeah, like yeah. a Tascos for like a cheap burner camera throwing out there. And like you yeah. said, if somebody happens to snitch it from the woods, yeah. you're out 28 no bucks or whatever. Yeah. You're yeah. out 30 yeah. bucks. Exactly.
0: Yeah. Right. Instead of a couple so, hundred. Yeah.
3: Yeah. 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 That would be painful. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. then the uh, the final question is, um, this will be a new one. I'm, I'm almost positive of it. What is the current bow setup that you have? And you can talk about your, the bow a little bit about your arrows if you want to as yeah. well. So one cool thing about traditional is is these bows have been as alive
2: as I am right now and you are right now. That's a really cool thing for me, and that sounds kind of hippie-ish, but that's a really cool thing about traditional. And so I'm shooting a 64 uh, inch longbow uh, made out of uh, Kagan McCabe makes it up in uh, uh, Pennsylvania, and uh, I've shot his bows for 12 years, 12 13 years, and. Uh, uh, it just fits me well it's a one-piece longbow so i can string it with my foot i don't have to have a string or anything like that i can unstring it throw it back the truck go on Um shooting a day six four hundred um for arrows i've shot those for several years now i got to know brian several years ago and um it's got a hundred grain hundred grain outsert insert system and uh, 200 up front in front of that so pretty pretty substantial setup and uh, that's at 47 pounds and my arrows usually don't slow down as they go through things uh, yeah so that's I've shot, awesome yeah whether it's a big deer or big hog i've very rarely don't get a pass through. In all honesty, most eras, I haven't ran the numbers, but I would imagine I'm between three and five big game animals per arrow um, that that I'm getting before it before I finally break one. That's, that's um, pretty so.
0: impressive. That is, yeah, yeah. What broadhead yeah. are you running on that?
2: Uh, day six eight, uh, Evo XL. Gotcha. Yeah. So I. They, they, I like those a lot. It's that SV30 steel. That's yep. uh, It's stainless steel and it's, uh, it, gosh, you can get that thing nasty. I mean, nasty sharp. And uh, I got a paper wheel here in the basement, so I'll shoot something and, and then I'll bring it down here and hit it on that paper wheel and same area goes right back in the quiver. Some people I know, some kind of psychos that maybe y'all are one of them. I'm just kidding, but they'll like retire. They'll retire an arrow and like put it up. And, no, 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 no. Yeah. It's So foreign to me, man. Yeah. I, I've gotten to where now, I don't even clean them off. Like I just yeah. wipe the blood off or yep. fix the feathers. I shoot uh, primary feathers. That's another part I really like about traditional. I shoot a their turkey feathers off a bird I've killed in the spring, and so they they do well with liquid. So I
0: just wipe them off and put yep. them back in the quiver. Everything's too gone. expensive to be oh you you're know, right hanging yeah. up on a mound or something like that man yeah. I'll, I'll shoot that sucker till she can't shoot no more <laughs> yeah oh
2: i feel that on a spiritual level yeah no no. <laughs> yeah, yeah
0: that's yeah. awesome well those are our icebreakers. yeah i'd say let's dive into the meat and potatoes of the podcast so to kind of give a background um i i was listening to a podcast maybe last week or two weeks ago um, and it really opened my eyes with, uh, truth from the stand you were on with. Yeah. And, uh, Plant, yeah. yeah. And we were talking, you guys were talking big woods and, and there were some things mm-hmm. that I even j- jotted down from that podcast that selfishly I wanted to ask, you know, reach out to yeah. you guys and talk to you about. So we're, we're going to be talking big woods. Mm-hmm. We hunt a lot of big woods in Kentucky and mm-hmm. in Indiana. We're in Northeastern Ohio. So where we're at, we don't really have that big woods unless we travel down mm-hmm. South so you know we we have some experience last couple of years and uh, we're just gonna dive right into it and uh, pick Sweet. your pick your brain yeah so to, so to start off let's talk about e scouting and uh, what what you're looking for and uh, yeah. obviously we'll just go down that rabbit hole for a little bit
2: yeah so um, <clears throat> I will uh, be the first one to tell you where you guys live up and that's where I got started in Ohio it was in northeast Ohio and that's where I learned even more so that i hate hunting flat ground it is really yeah. hard for <laughs> yep. me to do <laughs> yeah. but uh, uh there was a, a wma up there and that's what started right up there in uh it was near warren i think was the town it was near kent state university is where i was at okay and uh we i'd never hunted public land before and i went up there with a buddy of mine and and uh we were hunting a guy's land the guy's I got guy our church his his cousin had land or something and we turned a corner, and there's this—I mean—a hammer of a nine-point stand there. And it was peak of the rut with a with a doe had her locked down side the road, and right beside her. If I'd have had a camera, it was just gorgeous. Right side, it was a, a public recreation to area sign or whatever. <laughs> and I was like, "Oh my gosh, there's actually a big deal on public." And that's what got me started. But so when you said north or when you said northeast, Ohio—that's what it made me think of. Yeah,
0: but, we're like um, uh, we're probably 35, 40 minutes from Kent. Yeah, okay, I got. So you. we're real yeah. close. We're we're Good. a little bit. Uh, <clears throat> Oh, would that'd be Southwest, Southwest, yeah. Southwest of Kent, Okay. But, yeah. Gotcha. Um, but no, as far as
2: e-scouting goes, um, obviously if I'm going to a place that I, that I know, and so Kentucky's on the list this year that I'm going. And so I, I was doing this the other night. Um, I'm going to get on there first of all, and I'm going to look at, uh, look at access more than anything. Um, and, and access kind of on both ends of the spectrum, meaning, um, if there's a place that's got a ton of access and uh, lots of access all the way around the property and things like that, I'm not going to look that seriously at that property um, because I don't I don't like hunting elbow to elbow with people. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah. so what I'm trying, the first thing I want to know is if I'm the average guy, what am I going to do? Because I know that's not what I want to do. And um, so I, if I'm looking at a place, I'll look at that, see what the access is see what the parking spots are and because 90% of guys are going to go straight to them and um, and if the whole place is surrounded in that I'm kind of going to mark it off but I really the first thing I'm looking at e-scouting is where are people going to be and uh, because a deer I, I will go in two and a half miles sometimes and back into public and then and then sometimes the sometimes it'll, the, tr- the buck will die 70 yards from the front end of my truck, which is what happened, you know, two years ago in Ohio. Yeah, yeah. So uh, it just depends. And, and the whole thing is, is I'm getting away from people. So I want to know where people are and I want to go the other way, or I want to go somewhere else. And it's not that I have things against guys. I just, you know how it is. It's easier to, it's easier to hunt when you're not in there. So yeah. Um, I'm looking for that. Um, I'm also looking for terrain variation, big time terrain variation. Um, and that's both in vegetation and in um, terrain. Uh, so if I, I'm looking for, looking for, uh, for transitions, if I've got a, if I can find a big, uh, like a pine thicket turned into hardwoods or, you know, sometimes there's always, even in the hardwoods, there's usually a feathered edge in there. Yeah. soft um, edge. Yep. Yeah, And a lot of times that's a really good place to catch deer, to catch deer moving. Um, and then really when I'm looking at that, that map, I want to know, is there a place that I can combine three or four different things? And what I mean by that is if like here in the mountains, if I've got a bench, um, if I've got a bench that I'm interested in, um, if there's a, so there's one thing, there's the bench. Um, and then if I've got a transition that comes through the bench, there's two things um, or below or above it, there's two things. If I can put a, a thermal hub below that, below that bench, there's three things. Um, if I can put that two and a half miles back from the nearest parking, there's four things. Um, so I want to add in four or five, six things, if possible, into an area that I'm really excited about, mm-hmm. and that's. So I, what I'll do is when I'm going to a place, I'll go on there and I'll put yellow markers um, on my Spartan app. I'll put yellow markers at all these places, and doesn't mean I'm going to sit there. That just means I want to go check that out because point, that, meets yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that, that meets all my criteria. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That meets all my criteria, and. And once I find those spots, usually it's like battleship. If I've got five to seven of those spots, two to three of them are going to be hits, and and then it, from there um, I'll narrow down and then look at, you know, I'll look at wind direction. What that's a complicated thing that a lot of guys don't understand. I look at wind and thermals and yep. and kind of make a decision from there. But mm-hmm. yeah, that's kind of what I'm looking at from an e scouting standpoint, and uh, and not only access as far as parking areas, but access as far as getting in there. Um, I think most mistakes guys make or the most prevalent mistake that guys make is their access. Um, if you are hunting a deer that knows you're there, you are going to have a very hard time killing that deer. Yeah. Um, whereas if you can, if you can finagle it to where you can get in there on a completely unpressured deer, they're a completely different animal. So, yeah. Yeah. um, that's, I don't know that may, that's a long winded answer, but that's for e scouting for me, that's at least where I start um yeah i like and, it and
0: go from there are you are you paying attention to any kind of private i know that um yeah a lot of times like you know you you can hunt the big woods but you can get into certain mm-hmm. chunks where you do have some private kind of mixed in on the edges and stuff are you staying away yeah. from that thinking that there's going to be pressure coming off the private or are you more attracted to that i'm definitely attracted to it because um even if there's pressure on that private,
2: unless it is a very specific kind of private, it's not going to be that much pressure. And if I've got one or two guys coming in from private, I'll take that over six guys coming in from public. I like it. Yeah. Um, and so it's kind of like an odds game is what I'm running. And, and two, every time I, I feel like I say this way too much, but it's the old political answer of it depends. If I go on that private, or not go on the private, but if I'm walking up that public and I can see that they're – or tower blinds and manicured food plots, and guys spending a ton of time in their worn out uh, four-wheeler trails. That's going to turn me off more than a lot of times you can go in these private places and, and you can just look from the public and say, There's not a, a, a ton of guys coming in. It. I mean, there might be a guy or two hunting, and probably are. I mean, somebody's hunting everywhere, even if they're trespassing. Most everywhere is getting hunted, whether yeah, people yeah, want to admit yeah. that or not. Yeah, yeah. Um, at least here in the mountains, I mean, there ain't really nobody no. that can sit here and say, <laughs> Oh, somebody, I hear that all the time man, there ain't been nobody hunting my place in 12 years. And he goes in just
0: three stands, yeah, yeah, three yeah. ladder stands on it. Yeah. But, we, um, we have pressure like crazy around us. Yeah. We, we, uh, we deal with way too much riffraff.
2: Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, no, that's, I, I'm attracted to that. Um, especially if there's food, food is king and, um, that, you know, at the end of the day, you're hunting an animal that ha- that has to survive first and foremost. And so food is king. Food's king, especially in the mountains, um, if, if, if there's some kind of ag, uh, this year we hunted Iowa, and uh, it, stupid me, I'm an idiot for this, but um, we didn't really realize until like halfway through the trip, and, and the problem was we had missed our weather. Uh, it, it it turned hot on us and, and ruined everything, but the first couple of days that the weather was decent, and we saw some big bucks, but we didn't quite pin down that it was correlating with the standing corn that was on private. None of the public had corn, mm-hmm. but this the private next to it most of the corn was cut and there was two fields specifically where the corn was standing and what we realized pretty quickly was those does were holding off that corn yeah and so therefore the bucks were correlating with the does which are correlating with the standing corn so yeah i'm absolutely looking at the private and what's there because if there's food um you know whether it's catching them in a feeding pattern moving to that or whether it's you know hunting the does and hunting bucks checking those does I'm, i'm definitely
1: thinking about that
0: but gotcha. So now would you would you emphasize an ag field over like a oak flat? I know it's dependent on year, but say you're e scouting yeah. and uh, you know you're would you rather hunt big timber or the big woods that maybe has you know most of the time the eggs in the bottoms. You know, yeah. would would you rather target an area where like maybe a private ag field's a couple miles away? Mm -hmm. uh, over just a giant piece of timber with no egg whatsoever, where, you know, that they're either browsing or, you know, eating the acorns or whatever.
2: Um, I'm going to go back to my old standby. It totally depends. Um, it depends on what state I'm in. Um, like, you know, in Iowa, that corn was huge. They didn't have any acorns. And so that, that corn was everything. And, uh, but here you can have a cornfield, and the acorns are going to trump it. Um, yeah. and, and you can have these big food plots. And in North Carolina, baiting's legal. So these guys will have corn piles that are, they'll literally start growing because yeah. they're not eating the corn. They're oh, eating wow. acorns. Wow. And so in the mountains, oh, acorns are king. White yeah. oak, uh, you know, that early, when we have a good white oak year, we're going to kill some good deer because yeah. it, they will prioritize that. And, and oh, yeah, it tickles me to death. Like I'll, I'll be hunting in September, and you'll hear all these guys at hardy's. And, and uh, all my teenagers at school, man, we ain't seeing nothing. Ain't nothing <laughs> coming. Ain't nothing on camera. They ain't doing nothing. It's that October lull. And I'm like, yes, yeah, that October lull, October boys. You might, lull. Lull. you might as well stay at home. <laughs> yeah. You might as well stay at home. Stay you, own corn, you own a corn pile, homeboy. They ain't <laughs> eat corn. They ain't <laughs> white oaks. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. So uh, anyways, I, what's funny is I got a funny story that I got to tell. So I in my, in my middle school, it's a rural middle school. And uh, so I got a club called the Outdoorsman Club. We own 10 acres of land behind the middle school and it's on the side of the mountain. And there's a bench up there. That's just gorgeous. And if I could talk the board of education into letting me bow hunt, it'd be awesome, but I just don't <laughs> think it's going to happen. But <laughs> Anyways. Um, so we go up there one day and, and I had the PTO actually raise money and bought us two trail cameras to run throughout the year that's on this awesome. outdoors may club. And so we go check it and these kids and it's, it's country kids. I'm talking girls, boys, they're showing right. me pictures of what they're hunting with their daddy and what they kill and stuff. Yeah. And it's awesome. But, uh, so we go up there, and I got these 20-some kids with me. And they're like, how are we – I said, I'm going to show you all a picture of a big deer probably tonight. And this is like late October. And then boys laughed at me. And they're like, no way, you're an idiot. And I said, dude, I promise. I said, it may not be tonight. I said, it may take three or four days. I said, but I promise you, by next Wednesday when we have Outdoorsman Club, there's going to be a big deer on the scrape. And they said, you ain't got no corn. You ain't bringing no corn. <laughs> I don't need corn, boys. I don't need corn. And they said, they said oh, we'll see when we go up there. Well, I show them, you know, we do a little research on scrapes and how deer run and stuff like that. So, we go up there, and uh, I make a mock scrape on this bench, and it's just all oh, cautious transition coming through it. I mean, if I if I could hunt there, I'd kill a good deer there pretty quick. And uh, we put the camera out, and these boys just laughing at me. Eighth grade boys. They're like, no way. Mr. Lewis, you're crazy. You're crazy. No, no. We need to go get us some corn. We need to go get us some corn. Boys, you don't need corn. You don't need corn. Well, we go set the camera, and we leave. Well, the next Wednesday, we came back, and I want you all to know, that first night, if I could find it in a decent amount of time, I'd show it, but I feel like it'd be one of them deals where I'd look for it forever. That first night at midnight um – I pulled that out, and I didn't even pee in it. Usually, I'll pee in a scrape yeah, right yeah. off the bat. Yeah, yeah. Mine's so I don't
0: trademark too.
2: Yeah, a, a lot of guys get squirrely about that, but listen, it don't matter what kind of urine it is; it turns into ammonia within like two hours. Yep, yeah. So, Amen. Uh, my pee is as good as anything else, mm-hmm. and so I usually pee in full. But obviously, with teenagers there, I ain't peeing yeah. <laughs> it. So I just, I you know, I kicked it out and bro- broke it off. Everybody, and, turn
0: around real quick. Right? Yeah.
2: <laughs> I feel like that's a good way to get fired. But anyway. <laughs> um, uh, so I did that, and, and I want you all to know at midnight there was an absolute hammer, probably 135, 140-inch, 10-point standing there. And I I told him when I was standing there, I was like, guys, this is what's going to happen. There's not only going to be a big buck in this camera or a good buck in this camera. I was like, he's going to come in. He's going to circle behind the scrape. I said he's going to walk in. His, his antlers are going to go in this. His his nose is going to go into this branch, I said. And then the last picture you get is going to be him with his with his back legs together, and he's what he's doing is he's peeing. Yeah. And they're like – they, I mean, they look at me like I got three heads.
3: Like you're an idiot.
2: <laughs> First three pictures, you know exactly what they looked like because yeah, you've seen them. You've seen them everywhere. Oh, yeah. You know what this looks like. That's what happened. And these kids, you should have seen their face. It was like they seen a ghost. They're like,
0: "Oh my god, yeah. this is unbelievable!"
2: <laughs> and then, and then this question started, Mister Lewis. You think you think I can do this where I hunt? And I was like, yeah, Absolutely, it, it, it's going to do a lot better than that corn's going to yeah, do. Yeah, yeah. And and, and they're like, Really? yeah boys i promise and so anyways when you guys said that it made me think of that but that's yeah it's awesome. it's it's cool it's, that's that's awesome. parts of the job it's it's fun get to run trail cameras get paid yeah, for it that's that's pretty cool <laughs> I, mean, I would i would
0: love that <laughs> job yeah so much <laughs> yeah oh it's
2: yeah that part of the job is pretty slick but other parts aren't as slick, slick. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i believe so, that anyway yeah every time i go by mcdonald's and it's like starting at 22 an hour i'm like I got a four year degree and I make like not more than that. So. <laughs> <laughs> I hate you, you, know. So, anyways, that.
0: I love it. Sorry, right. I'll run a rabbit. No, I'm sorry. you're I'm good bad for that. No, those are the best. <laughs> I love them stories. Those are the best. Yeah, so, yeah. I
2: can't remember what the question was. I got derailed. On I don't that. even remember. Either.
0: <laughs> <laughs> we, were was, talk, we were talking about e scouting. It was with the, oh, yeah. the the food on private. Yeah, 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 yeah. Going yeah, back to yeah, like that. I gotcha. yeah, 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 sweet. Yeah. So, yeah, um, so,
3: anything else that maybe you guys have for the e scouting? No, No, but I like the fact that you said, you put it in my mind at least, you know, you're looking for like a bench is one thing and Mm -hmm. then something else that comes through there is two things. Like I've never really like put all that together and like. Yeah. Man, that's why this spot looks so good is because it has multiple mm-hmm. things. Everything you comes know?
0: together. Yeah.
3: You'll find a bench yeah. and then you'll be like, Well, you know, here's a transition line, but I've never been like, Well, this is on a bench with a transition line. Yep. Yep. There's a hub down here.
0: Remember when we were in Indiana and we were walking that that like five fifty marker, that like uh, six hundred mark elevation and we were on that bench. And remember when them like uh them sapling I don't even know what if it was like i don't even know what it was it confused the heck out of me but it was like that whole like little sapling grove kind of came Came out out on yeah and then we found all that sign right there yeah Yeah, that i mean that i love i love when you can add multiple um yeah points of interest yeah points of interest together one
2: thing too that a lot of people don't realize is is some of those things that i'm counting in are a mile away and that seems ridiculous but For the most part deer go further than people realize Mm -hmm. and i don't know if you if people have ever thought about it but you know something like like there's one specific place i hunt in ohio and i started noticing i mean this this spot is i could angle my bow up at a 45 degree angle and probably put an arrow through my windshield like it's not far from the parking lot and but this one drainage specifically bucks run the crap out of that drainage and it's like why are they doing this? They're right beside the parking lot. like, And I know they don't get as much traffic there because of the parking lot. But one year, it just dawned on me. There's a giant pipe that goes underneath that road. And it's thick all the way to it. And it's big enough to where you and I can walk through it without even bending over. Mm-hmm. So they can do the same thing. And, and yeah. I, I swear I'd, I'd never put a camera on it. But in my mind, I'm about 95% sure that that pipe is why those bucks are cruising that so hard is because it gives – and what it does on the other side of the road, it connects to another bedding area. So it's two bedding areas that are connected, and I, I swear they're going th- through that pipe under that road. It's the weirdest – and then maybe they're going over the road, but either way, it's connecting two thickets right there. Yep. And, I would, And again, that's 1,000 yards away or more, so um, – Sometimes those things are not right in front of your face. Like you got to kind of zoom back and say, you know, well, man, this, this block of timber is connected by this little strip for like two miles. And yeah. that's the only way without walking through a wide open field that they can get from one block to the other. Yeah. So yeah. anyways.
0: No, hundred percent. I agree with that. There's a, there's a property that I used to hunt that was divided um, by a major highway and there was a big culvert pipe like you were saying that and no joke, there was deer tracks like crazy down in that mm-hmm. culvert pipe because I and like you said, I never put a camera on it, but you seen the tracks, so obviously yeah, you, know, the you track, know what was there know. Tracks yeah. don't yeah. lie. But they were they were using that culvert to go from one side of the high or getting from one side of the property to the other, underneath mm-hmm. the highway, basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah. I mean I I, I believe that a hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. I have one more question on e scouting and then we'll we'll kinda get off that. Are you, yeah, u- are you utilizing water? I've noticed that a lot of people <clears throat> will say, like, utilize water and nobody else will do it. But I'm slowly starting to realize that more and more people are utilizing water. And it's almost becoming... Uh, it's almost becoming over pressured. Uh, My buddy, quick, quick, quick side note. My buddy was hunting a big piece of public in Kentucky Turkey season this year. He floated Mm -hmm. out there in this kayak and just assumed like, Hey, you know, I'll be the only one out here on this kayak. I'll hear a bird gobble and I'll just, you know, paddle over. And he said, there was like four or five other dudes out on that Lake, you know, crack of dawn listening for birds doing the same thing. And I think I've, I've kind of noticed that with whitetail as well. A lot of guys are using water access. Are you, are you staying away from the water? Or are, you, are you utilizing it? What, what are your thoughts there? Um, I'm definitely
2: not afraid to use it. Um, and the reason being is you're right. I mean, it's anything like that. Like, for example, I, I live right in the top corner of North Carolina. I'm right on the New River, and it's like world-famous smallmouth fishing. Ten years ago, you could take a green bitsy tube, Kevin Van Dam bitsy tube, and you would catch every daggum smallmouth in that stretch of river. Everybody went to Walmart and bought green pumpkin, bitsy tubes and now you can take that same bitsy tube on that same stretch of river and you will not catch a bat. you will not catch fish mm. and it's because everybody picked it up and everybody started using it so i think to a certain extent the kayak and the you know the that's becoming the bitsy tube where it's and it's also the cool thing to do right now yeah. um and yeah. i'll be honest i love it i love i love getting on my kayak and hunting off my kayak that's fun that adds something else to it that i really enjoy um but that goes back to the people. And I, I try to this is something that I try to try to beat in my head as much as possible. And I do the best I can, but I still fail every year. And that is just be open minded. So like the kayak or or you know, wading a river might get me away from everybody else on this property. But if I go to Wisconsin or if I go to Iowa or if I go to Kentucky or Ohio, then I might run into a place that everybody's got that idea. Or here's the other thing. One guy has got that idea. Yeah. And I'm going to be honest with you in an 80,000 acre tract of land. I'm only interested in hunting a few acres of that. I'm not interested in 75% of that property. Like, I'm just going to be honest with you. Um, you know, it, you, you can, you can kill a big buck in Walmart parking lot, at certain points in the year, but yeah, unless yeah. it's a certain date at a certain time and you're just really lucky. Um, you can't kill that deer in a hundred percent of that property. So if I've got a if I know and there's a guy in Ohio, he's a, he's a friend of mine now. I got to know him pretty well. We end up hunting the same daggum trees. Like <laughs> and it's like at first it's like, "Oh my god, this is like a weird coincidence." But the more I got to talked to him, he's a really good guy. He's from Maine. He was a wrestler too. Like we got the, we hit it off right yeah, off the yeah. bat. And uh but he's 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 good. And so that's what I'm saying is like it depends on who's there, where I'm at, and what's going on. My goal is to get away from people or Person, and I'm gonna tell you, you pull up in public, and this may offend somebody. And if it does, maybe it should. Um, but if you pull up and there's a new truck, stickers all over it, and you know it's a nice truck, it's clean. Guys got on matching camo. Don't worry about that guy. He, don't worry about him. And not if that offends somebody, I'm sorry, but don't worry about him. But if you pull up and there's a 1996 Ford Ranger, burgundy, single cab, four different tires, all retreads, and dude's wearing two different kinds, of, three different kinds of camo with an old ball cap that you know he ain't washed in two months, worry about that guy because he's going to kill the biggest deer in there. Yeah, yeah. And <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So it depends on who's there um, uh, and, and, again, what they're doing. But, no, I I think about that. And I actually – this year in Iowa, I was so mad at myself for um, – I drug my feet, putting my kayak racks on my truck, on my camper top. And so I went to Iowa for two weeks and took – didn't take my kayak like an idiot. And, uh, there was a spot that just on the map, just set up perfect. I couldn't get to it without yeah. going to, you know. I, I should have went to Walmart and bought a kayak just to, <laughs> you know, turn around and sell on Facebook marketplace before I left, but I didn't do it. And then that, so, so now I got the racks on my brother and I put them on like last week. So that'll never happen again. You're all set now. <laughs> yeah, All we,
0: set. Yeah. I think, I think, uh, there's a spot in Indiana that we went to last year that I think that we're going to utilize kayaks yeah. with next year. I think we're going to. We're going to bring kayaks because the same thing, we, we thought about it before we left. We're like, man, you know, this spot on the map looks pretty yeah. good, but it's going to be the extra work of, you know, loading yeah. the kayak in and doing all that. And we just kind of went where yeah. this year when we go back, 100% taking, taking my kayak. Yeah. Yeah. And it,
2: it can make you. I mean, we hunted in Kentucky on a lake. Um, It was actually in uh, Northeast Kentucky. It's not the part of Kentucky everybody goes to. And... uh in mountains and we were on a lake and that 100% is why we killed a buck um, we went in there and, and actually there was basically there was two white oaks and I'll be honest with you that's about my favorite hunting ever is early se- I love early season like that's my that's my jam uh, I used to be a huge rut hunter but I, I've gotten any more I like I like early season more and we got in there and there's a white oak dropping fresh rubs everywhere it's first week of September and there was two different trees and we kind of what do you want which one do you want you know me and, and henson the guy i hunt with all the time and anyways he he picked that one and that so actually got that buck killed because you couldn't it would have been like a four mile walk from the other side and it was just it was unfeasible from the other side mm-hmm. but from that kayak we got in there didn't have any never saw anybody else and uh, he shot that buck he could he could see his kayak from from where he shot that buck. Dude, and,
0: i love it uh, i love it yeah,
2: so that like I said, it's it depends, but it's a it's a deadly tactic, and it adds an element of fun to
1: it too. For me, yeah, But yeah, I've noticed that the the more we talk to people, and the more you get into someone that's just a buck killer, it's they're an early season or a late season person. They're not a yeah. the, like they desp they, they don't hate the rut, but yeah. man, the rut is like just drops off. For yeah. them. they're like, man, I want to yeah. kill him early or I want to kill him late, where I got to figure him out. Yeah. It's yeah. the
0: unpredictable likeness for yeah. me. It's mm-hmm. like, During the rut. During the rut, you can't predict it. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, it's just, he could be here one minute and then, you know, two miles down the road, you know, and it's just, it's so hard to yep. predict him, you yep. know, yep. it's yep. just yep. based on a hot doe. So, yep.
2: yeah. For but, here, like a lot of the places that I had to hunt, they don't set up for the rut. And so for me, I'm not, I'm not going to just go knocking on doors for permission. Um, I mean, I will, like, don't get me wrong. I will, but. Like, I'm just not going to, what I mean by that is I'm not going to go knock on a random door, just say, oh, they got 80, they got 70 acres. I'm just going to knock on my door. Well, if I, if it doesn't set up certain ways, I'm not really going to go through that much trouble because it might be somewhere I can go kill some does, but if it's not something that I'm interested in. um, And so a lot in what, why I say that and how this ties into this is a lot of the places that I'm hunting, I'm hunting their bedrooms and I'm hunting their, I'm hunting them. I'm hunting, like I'm hunting, I'm not hunting deer. I'm hunting bucks yeah, 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 and, and, yeah. and better bucks. And what I found is if I don't get him killed by November 5th, 6th, um, know, yeah, like you said, I don't know where he's going to be, but I know where he's not going to be. He's not going to be in his bedroom. Yeah, he's not yeah. going to be where he's mm-hmm. been. And this year, actually, I saw that more than anything. I, I hunted this one buck. I, there's a couple bucks that I've hunted for multiple years and that's kind of a rarity here in the mountains, but one, two bucks and, and one of these bucks, um, I, I've got a lot of history with him and it's always i hate seeing the rut come because he he disappears and yeah. I, and he don't come back until like January yeah. and that's I hate that so much and um yeah and, and and it's because he's not there and this year I always grind out in the rut and I'm like why and suddenly it's like a wall I'll be seeing bucks 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 and then bam nothing and I won't see anything but like a phone or a spike every now and then And I'm like okay. This year, I decided I, I, I set back, took a took a day off, and was just thinking. And I was like, you know what? After November 5th, you suck. Like, it, this, this mm-hmm. is it. Like, it's after November 5th, mm-hmm. you're out, bud. Yeah, you're done. Yeah. You might as well hang it up. And I'm like, why is that? And then I just got to looking at how the property's set up. And it's like, dude, you ain't got as many does as everybody else does. So all these guys that are beating their head against a wall all of September through October, the guys I was chuckling about with the corn piles, well, suddenly they're killing the good deer. Yeah. And it's because the bucks, the bucks that are they're coming, you know, they're going to those does yep. and they're running them and it's it's the wild part. And that's part of it for me is just the properties I hunt don't set up well for that. So, but this year I, 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 I had that realization and I completely flipped and went to a place that I'd never hunt, that there's no good bucks. I don't have one single buck that I'd be interested in shooting on that property And I sat there about 30 minutes and had a hammer at 70 yards (laughs) that I have never seen before and have never seen again. I didn't get a shot. He, uh, he, and I did, I I bow hunt all through, all through, uh, all through gun season. So he, he, he was about at 60 yards and he, and he was going to walk right probably going to give me an opportunity but anyways him and his woman got a little a bit of a nose full and and that was it but
0: (laughs) so anyways there's that they they smelled something they didn't like
2: yeah yeah and it was
0: this guy yeah (laughs) my
2: uh my scent control regimen is is pretty extensive let me tell you um yeah i I don't have
0: you're talking you're talking (laughs) to a bunch of guys that were yeah You're talking to a bunch of guys that wear their camo into the truck to the hunting spot. Like, we're the same way. You know, the biggest... Yeah, you're my people. The biggest scent control is just using the wind, Yeah, you know? Yeah, that's... There's no way. And, you know, you can beat your head against this, and everybody talks about it that's actually serious, but you can't Mm -hmm. beat a deer's nose. I don't care what you do. I don't care how often you wash Mm-mm. your clothes. I don't know what you spray, <laughs> whatever you spray on you, it's yeah. not going to work.
1: Yep. So you might as well just save no. the money. Yeah. Yeah.
0: You can, you can't beat a German shepherd's nose,
2: much less a deer. Yeah. And a Deer is in a lot better shape than a German shepherd. Yeah, so exactly. I, I gave that up when I saw those two or three different studies that with German shepherds and just no one, uh, a friend of mine was, you know, was a biologist and just from know, talking to him, golly, if you can't fool a German Shepherd, you ain't going to fool a big boy. Like, no. that's just yeah. – you may make him hesitate. I mean, there may be something, I think, cover sense or some certain cover scent that that made the German Shepherd hesitate. Now, he didn't fool him. It just made him hesitate. And it's like, eh, maybe you might have got an extra second to get a shot off. But, yeah. no, I, I, it ain't worth my time, huh? I'll just be honest no. with you. You just no. think about those thermals and that wind, how they interact. Put them in your favor. Um, well, I'll talk about that. Not really in your favor, but get know what they're doing. Use yeah. them to your advantage, and yeah. Yeah. you're yeah. in good shape. Because if he gets, in, if he gets, if he gets downwind to you, it, it's over. Yeah, you know.
0: Yeah. But, and I'm a firm believer. And if if you're hunting a specific white tail, especially a mature white tail, as soon as he gets your scent, it's over. Like yeah. now, every time that you, every time he comes across your ground scent, I'm a firm believer mm-hmm. in that. Like everybody talks about, like, oh, you got to kill him on the first set or whatever. But like, there's some truth to that because. Once Mm -hmm. he realizes that uh, there's a difference between him just strolling through the woods and like smelling smelling a random, you know, somebody random, squirrel hunter, like mushroom hunter, whatever, whatever. I know there's not mushrooms during deer season, but an example. Ginseng, yeah. Yeah, ginseng would be a good one. But when he smells you and you're at 20 yards and he just realized, oh crap, I almost messed up. Yeah. That old boy knows that. Yep. And he's a different animal. Yep. That scent forever in his mind will be danger. And it is so hard.
2: A good buddy of mine, I, I, I've got to be, luckily, uh, one of my favorite people on this earth, Alan Altizer. I swear to goodness, that is the smartest human and the best bow hunter, probably top 10% bow hunters ever walked this earth. I'm talking all the way back to Native American times. That dude is the bomb. And he has said that multiple times. He said, there is a huge difference in a buck smelling you at like two, 300 yards. And a buck smelling you at 20 yards, Yeah. because if you, if he smells you at 20 yards, you can bet that he knows you're at 20 yards. And he knows I just about died. Yep. That, that was a big deal. And that's like, you know, it's almost like PTSD where it's like I had a bad experience there. Mm-hmm. Um, and the other thing that a lot of people don't think of, and this is why I, I said this with access, your residual scent stays there for days. Um, and if you, a lot of times and I'm the world's worst, I'll be back in on public. A lot of guys are really good about going in, like they're really careful. They're doing this. They're not touching stuff. They're, you know, making sure where they put their feet. You know, they're they're doing this, doing that. A lot of guys don't realize, you know, when it gets dark and all of a sudden supper's calling you, all of a sudden you're wanting to get home. All of a sudden you've been sitting there all day and you're like, man, I'm I'm ready to be on my couch. I'm ready to be home. If you go through busting through those woods and you're touching stuff and you're putting your feet where you shouldn't, that scent is staying there. And if he comes through at two, three, four in the morning, and he hits that residual scent which is staying there, that's the same thing. I mean, it may not be quite as bad as, like then as him smelling you at twenty yards, but he knows you're there, and that's an encounter right there. Yeah. That's that's yeah. a problem for you and for him. And if I've heard Alan say this before, and I believe in this, you, I, I do think, especially early season, you might get away with it once. You might get one where it's like. Okay, that was an encounter. That was a little weird, but I won the game. I'm talking from his perspective. I won the game. I'm still alive. My defenses worked. Everything's good. The second time you do that, that's a pattern, and all of a sudden that becomes problem problematic. And and of course there are deer with different personalities. They got personalities just like humans. Yeah. And if you've got a really and I think this comes from the mama. I, I think I think this comes from the doe. Um, if you got a really reclusive buck that is really a homeboy and really just like you got shy people that are really smart, but really reserved. And like you takes a long time to get to know them. I think there's bucks that are the same way. And I've heard Nathan Killen say it plenty of times. And I'm like, now I get, you know, I talk to Nathan all the time. Um, That's the hardest buck in the world to kill is that reclusive loner. That is a hard buck to kill. You know, the, the bucks with the big personalities, the really curious deer, the really outgoing deer, they usually die two or three. And occasionally, you know, you'll see like, you'll watch like these jury videos and stuff and you'll have like a 200 inch deer walking out into a daggum clover field at four o'clock in the afternoon. And you're like, what in the world? <laughs> yeah, there yeah. A doe wouldn't walk into that field in North Carolina or yeah. in where I'm from, wouldn't walk into that field in daylight. She knows better. Yeah. But it's just like Nathan said, that was an outgoing deer that had the ability to get old is all the difference was that, yeah. you know, here that's that deer dies at two. So
0: yeah, yeah same, anyways, same with us. Yeah. Yeah. Same with but, us. So why don't we dive into like early <laughs> season tactics? I really, it really sparked my interest when you said that you're very interested in early in early season. Yeah. We, we've been going to Kentucky uh, the last three years or so and hunting mm-hmm. the, the opener for a week yeah. straight and uh, yeah. on public, on private, knocking on door by permission. But yeah, but uh, definitely the big woods. So why don't we talk yeah. a little bit about that? If you need me to give mm-hmm. you some specifics, I can. And maybe I'll just let you run with it.
2: Yeah. So that's, like I said, that's gotten to be my favorite time here in the last couple of years. Henson and Ethan Henson and I have been talking about that a lot. And we, we hunt together a lot. We travel a lot together. And I make the joke in September and October, I sleep in a bed more with Ethan than I do with my wife. But, um, (laughs) (laughs) anyway, we were wrestlers, so we're totally comfortable. That's what kind of (laughs) thing. Some people be like, Oh my God, that's weird. Not for us. Yeah. That's not weird at all. But, uh, anyways, um, early season and him and I both, we, we've had, we've had some good success. Um, I don't know early season and it's part of it is that they're on un, they're unmessed they're not messed with they're they're fresh they're doing you know they're being deer um part of it is there's not as many people in the woods a lot of guys don't like going swat skeeters and sitting there when it's 85 90 degrees mm-hmm. um and and a lot of guys i hope it never changes a lot of guys are like oh, all yeah. angle move today it's too hot you know yeah. oh, it's this and It's like, yeah you're right just stay home man just <laughs> you don't need to be there um so that's part of it um but feed trees. Oh my gosh. I love a good feed tree. Uh, that is like not all feed trees are created equal. I'll start twitching, talking about it here in a minute, but, um, a good feed tree is just that time of year, especially like here, white oaks are king. And I know in Kentucky places I've hunted in Kentucky, every other tree is a white oak, So it's not as, as important there, but here, you know, there's not as many white oaks and, uh, uh, you, you get on a good feed tree, whether it's a white or red or a chestnut. And, uh, You know, you're looking for certain things. And when I go in somewhere, I'm not going to sit somewhere that I don't think I'm not that I don't think I will kill a deer that evening. Like if I'm if I'm going in at two o'clock and I hit a I hit a feed tree. If I don't think I'm about to kill a deer right here, I'm not sitting there. I'll just keep walking. I'll just, I have my stuff on my back and I'll just keep moving. It's just, I'm not that time of year. I'm not sitting, I'm not poking and hoping like I I feel good about my odds and I know what I'm looking for. And if I don't see what I'm looking for, I'm going to keep going. Mm -hmm. And uh, a lot of times what I'm looking for is, you know, you want acorns on the ground obviously. Um, but not many acorns on the ground. You want like, you want to be able to see a couple or three. Um, I want poop on the ground. I want to see poop. I want it to be wet. Um, I want foot sign, but not a ton of foot sign. Um, If you got a ton of foot sign, there's a lot of does in there, and I'm just not interested in that. Um, If I'm I'm just looking to fill the freezer, then I'll sit there. But uh, most of the time, that time of year specifically, if I'm seeing a ton of does, I'm not seeing bucks. And so I would rather be a little foot sign, um, not a ton. I want holes on the ground. Holes is a big deal. I want to find those acorn caps. Um, And and if I can find little rubs, that's – A lot of guys will sit there and they'll be like, oh, that's a little deer. No, it ain't. No, like you you don't know that. It may be a little deer, but you don't know that that's a little deer. Uh, You'll see this sapling, especially when you get in there, you get one about the size of your middle finger or something, and it's on up there, and you got two or three of them together, and you start seeing them broke off about halfway up and you see them stripped off and things, that's when my heart starts beating. When I I put all those things together, and it's the same thing as that e-scout, when I got poop, when I got holes, when I got acorns on the ground, and when I got saplings, I'm getting pumped. And, uh, that's when I'll go straight up a tree and, uh, and I'm expecting to kill a deer that evening. And if I don't kill a deer that evening, if I, if it's something like I'm hunting for a week, a lot of times I'll hunt. And if it's somewhere that's legal, like last year we hunted in Wisconsin, this wasn't legal, which blew my mind, but if it's legal, I'll leave my stand. Um, and then, you know, hunt again that morning. And if I've not killed or had an opportunity, then I'm moving, I'm I'm going to do something else is as good as I think it is. I'm still moving. Um, but I love that. I love that kind of thing. Um, and, and one thing that I'm looking for too is wind and thermals. And there's a big misconception out there, bow hunting and, and deer hunting in general. Um, a lot of guys will sit there and they're like, man, I got a perfect wind for this. And it's like, well, what do you mean by that? What do you mean a perfect wind? Because a perfect wind is, it's not what you generally think it is. A perfect wind, if, let's say that I know the deer is bedded to the north. A lot of guys will look at that and say, well, I need to come in from the south and I need a north wind
0: yeah, because no. I don't
2: want my scent going in that thicket. You're not going to see that deer. No, you, sir. You, you'll get a picture of him at night, but you're not going to see that deer. And lots of big misconceptions. The wind's perfect. Well, yeah, the wind is perfect for you, but it's dead wrong for him. And you better believe he knows that. Yep. and so what he may do is circle all the way around and come up and not get there before dark but you can bet your hind end, he's not coming in with a butt wind most of the time mm-hmm. um he's not putting himself at a disadvantage is what i'm trying to say and like you can sit there yeah fine but you're probably not going to kill the deer and I, and I talk to a lot of guys who are like i get a lot of pictures in the middle of the night you know or, or this and and then the, the best one is is like every time i'm not there they're there yeah and it's like <laughs> that only happens so many times and that's not luck. Yep. that's that happens more than one or two times he's on to you and he knows what's going on so um, I'm looking for a just off wind and uh, so I want to try to work the situation to where he's just about to get me and that's when I that's when the air hits him is what I'm looking for Um, so I want that wind to be kind of diagonal maybe diagonal and into that thicket or, or what like on a on the end of a ridge or something to where it's coming across and I'm just off of that, and he's like just getting ready to get me, and that's yeah. when it, that's when I feel like I'm in a good shape there, um, because you're putting everything in his favor. Um, one thing about early season that you got to keep in mind is you need to look through his perspective, and that's all season, but especially in early season, does it work for him? Is it because it ain't about you, it's about him? And a lot of guys look at it through their eyes, and you can't look at it through your eyes mm-hmm. because it, you know uh, you don't, you don't see things the way he does. So anyways, early season, I, I've got to where I I really like it. And those, those feed patterns, uh, coming into around here, acorns are king. We don't have ag. Um, so, so acorns are king. Um, I'm looking for white oaks first, uh, red oaks on years where there's not white oaks are pretty deadly and chestnut oaks. A lot of guys turn their nose up to chestnut oaks. Um, a lot of guys here won't even hunt them, but, um, I've, I've done really well on chestnut oaks. I've seen a lot of good bucks and a, a higher a higher percentage of bucks than does on a chestnut oak. So. Really? And that's the big, the really big green yeah, and yellow those, ones.
0: Those are the ones in Indiana yeah. that we found that were giant. Like, yeah. 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 You'll roll your ankle on them. Yeah. <laughs> through yeah.
2: Yeah. yeah. So yeah. anyways, but yeah, I like it. And too, there's just, like I said before, there's just a lot less people in the woods. Uh, I don't have, you don't have to deal with the things you have to deal with in the rut. Like the. You don't have the the one weekers, the guys that save up their vacation time all year to take that one week off the beginning of November. Mm-hmm. You know, you can there, and and there's nothing wrong with that. Don't get me wrong. I mean, I know those guys are looking forward to that week, and I look forward to those weeks too. But yeah, yeah. Um, you don't have to deal with that as much there. Uh, and and also, you also see a, a better percentage of good deer up. Like I feel like in in November specifically, I see a ton of two year olds. And that's fine. Don't get me wrong. I ain't above shooting a two-year-old. Like I, right. I've shot plenty of two-year-olds in my life. And if I've got the, I'm of the opinion if I get excited, if I get jacked up, I'm shooting him. I don't care if he scores 60 inches or 200 inches. If I get excited, I'm shooting him. Um, so nothing against it. But that's you know I, I don't typically see the better age class in that crazy time. I usually see them early. But yeah. anyways, so, so that's have- kind of early early season overview.
0: I have a, a couple of questions. Are you paying attention to any kind of uh, hub scrape or any kind of communication scrape uh, larger than just your frustration, you know, mm-hmm. scrape is what I'm going to call it, but are you paying attention to that? Or are you only paying attention to the, the acorn crop?
2: It's, it's just like I was talking about with e-scouting. If I've got, I want to add as much of that in as I can. And early season scrapes is something that, um, We've done well on them. Uh, Ethan yeah, uh, Henson I, had a, Ethan had a hammer. Um, we went into a spot and uh, this is in Ohio, Southeast Ohio. And, uh, we went in there and there was a bunch of acorns on the ground and, and it was kind of the exact same setter that I pulled up, except there was like five scrapes and they were all wore out. I yeah. mean, and one of them was, so you kind of had like a hub, like a, like a big one. That's obviously there year after year. And then there were several on the perimeter. Um, but then we added that scrape with saplings, ripped all the pieces with, uh, with, uh, caps and with holes and with poop and mm-hmm. um he had a i mean he had a hammer under him at like 4 30 in the evening and couldn't get a shot he couldn't get the angle but early season scrape i mean it was wearing it out like it was november yeah, and yeah. this was this was uh actually it wasn't even october yet this uh, ohio had opened like the 22nd or something or 26th or something like that and it was like that first weekend yeah
0: so yeah.
2: they can be deadly that time of year no doubt about it especially yeah. ohio ohio Man, scrapes are long. Hey, cool. hey, oh, hey yeah. don't be telling people yeah. that. that that's on. our. Uh, <laughs> that's yeah, our you want to hunt a scrape? Yeah, yeah. That that uh, man, I here in the mountains. I mean, you got scrapes, but like they're good for intel. But y- you don't really want to sit over them. Like it's not like you're going to kill a big buck working a scrape. You might. I mean, you might kill a big buck doing anything, but. It's not all that consistent, but dude,
0: in Ohio, holy cow. I don't know what it is, but. Okay. Yeah, we I think we we find that basically anywhere we hunt. Kentucky, Indiana was the same. Yeah. I don't know if it's a terrain difference because Probably, I know you guys are yeah. hunting. You're hunting mountains and we're hunting foothills, yeah. but yeah. It, it might be that. But yeah, I mean, I'd say my bread and butter is scrape hunting. Um, yeah. But I haven't figured out the whole, like. You know, and I kind of wanted to bring this up in my next point would be mm-hmm. the okay. So let's say we have a hub scrape. Let's mm-hmm. say that you've done your scouting. Maybe you have a camera over it. Maybe it's prior knowledge, whatever. But you know that mm-hmm. you want to hunt that. But where are ninety percent of your hub scrapes? They're in the bottoms. Yeah. So yeah. how how are you going about hunting that? And I know that there's some mm-hmm. there's some different things. It's all situational based on thermal wind. If there's a little stream running through it or whatever, it might pull your scent. And I get that, but I guess what what is your, like you, you said your buddy had a hammer under him. I assume Mm -hmm. that was in a bottom, like in my mind, that's what I was envisioning was maybe, maybe like, you know, a quarter of the way up or even at the bottom was what what I was envisioning with, Mm -hmm. with all them scrapes and them saplings torn up. Like it was,
2: uh, that was actually on it. That was just on the lower side of a bench. And so that's one thing like on benches, you don't actually want to sit on the bench. Um, you're not going to kill many deer on the bench unless you got a rifle. Um, you want to be on the thicker side of that bench whether it's the top or the bottom a lot of times it's the bottom especially if it's a north facing slope because your thermals are going to come down so buck can cross that that thicker side with the thermals coming down and a lot of times that's where those scrapes are so yeah a lot of that signs down in the bottom um especially those big hub scrapes um i'm very rarely sitting on the scrape like because I think one thing too that a lot of people don't realize is a buck can check a scrape from a long way away. He doesn't have to be in the scrape. Like a lot of people think that you got, he's got to walk into it and do what I was describing with that trail camera with those kids. They don't do that every time. Like sometimes they're checking it a hundred yards or 200 yards on a bench, you know, that's advantageous as far as the wind goes, whether the wind's blowing that way or maybe it's the thermals. Um, That's where you kill the deer is doing that kind of thing. You don't kill the deer. I mean, you can kill deer directly in the scrape, but Most of the time, especially the 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 bigger, more mature bucks, um, that's where I find them in daylight. Because, and and really, that goes for all sign. You know, you see these big heartthrob rubs on these big ridges and down in these bottoms, and it's like that's great. And you know he's there, and that's exciting. Like I want to see that. Don't get me wrong. That doesn't mean you can kill him there. That just means that there's a buck of that caliber there. Mm -hmm. So, where what I'm thinking of is, yeah, he's there it's probably at two o'clock in the morning, but he's there. I know he's there. There's a buck in this area. So now let me step back. Let me go back on my e-scout. Let me go back on my, like on my, for, for me, I, I use Spartan Forge. Um, go back on Spartan Forge, figure out where is he bedded, right? Where, where do I think he's bedded? I, I don't ever really know where he's bedded. I'm, that's not something we do much in the mountains is find a specific bed, but uh, where I think he's bedded, how I think he's going to use the terrain and let me play battleship and say, okay, there's a, there's a thick bench right up here, 100 yards, should be – he can check that scrape. That's where you're going to kill the deer. A lot of guys here want to set up on these big, gorgeous ridges, like open hardwood ridges, and what they do is they'll see the buck's antler tips just off the ridge walking under them at 70 yards, and it's like, well, crap, he went under the hill. They always go under the hill during daylight. They very rarely are just going to walk straight down a ridge, skyline. That's a, yeah, yeah, a really yeah. good way to get killed, and they know that. Yeah. but
0: Okay, so, yeah no i I have a couple situations that I was thinking about in my head while you were talking about that and you know you always like you said you always find that you know killer sign in the bottoms yeah. M- my thought was always you know well how do you know obviously you need to find the bed you need to figure out where mm-hmm. he's coming from but I guess in my thought it's like well you don't know exactly where he's bedded so you just have to make yeah. an educated guess and you yeah. and are, are you are you basing that on? just vegetation differences and maybe like a bench where he can bet on or what are you what are you gauging that off of
2: um it, it again it depends on where I'm at if I'm in if I'm in the mountains um betting typically looks like roto thickets and mountain laurel um and so when I'm seeing that or uh you know a lot of times I don't know how to, if, if it's, and again, it also depends on if I've been there before or not. Like if I know, like here in the mountains, I'm looking for rodo and Mountain Laurel because that's usually where they're bedded. Whereas in Ohio, obviously there's not Mountain Laurel and there's not rodo, So I'm looking for things like cuts. Um, that big deer, the, the last, the buck I killed in 2020, um, he came out of a nasty cutover that was on private and I could hear him in there running does. Like I could hear him for, that's how I knew he was there. The Leaves were really dry. I could hear him going back and forth, and then so I knew he was bedded in there based on the his only thing thick around. Everything else was wide open hardwoods, and so I knew he was in there. And it was private; nobody was going in there. Um, there was guys that hunted the private, obviously a couple guys, mm-hmm. but nobody was going in that thicket. And hey, he walked right off that private straight on the public, right underneath my feet, and then uh, that was it. it. So I guess it, I guess the answer to that is it, it's it's situational, but. I've got a good idea. I've got a good guess as to where he's bedded and how I think he's going to come out of it. And if you start looking at it logically, there's not really all that many options. Yeah. Like, it, it's it's not rocket science. You look at it and it's like, well, there's only one place he can come out of there without crossing this giant pitch or fields. That's another thing. He can't come out of that without walking through an open field. A big mature bucket and all that comfortable walking out in the wide open. I mean, I'd, maybe I'm just – an anomaly, and I don't see that very often, but you don't, I, for me, I don't see the outdoor channel 180 walking through hardwoods yeah. just <laughs> willy-nilly we like don't. that ain't, yeah.
0: <laughs> we don't either.
2: <laughs> <laughs> most of the time, you know, most of the time it's thicker, um, or at least thick for the area, like yeah. thick's relative, you know, uh, so some places I hunt, you can't shoot 20 yards, and then some places when I'm saying I'm hunting thicker, it looks like it's wide open, but if yeah. you get down on their level, it's, it's there's something yeah. there,
0: but, you yeah. know so you guys got anything i had uh one other thing about thermals that i wanted to talk about unless unless you guys see anything on the
1: show notes that you guys want to cover (sighs) not really no all this talk's got me thinking about a couple spots i know (laughs) oh we might be on to (laughs) some yeah yeah yeah
0: so my my question that i had with thermal is um so uh, we've really dived, or we just started diving into the big woods. And I guess our big woods isn't even comparable to yours. We're right. just hunting foothills. But northeastern Ohio, you understand how that terrain lays yeah, out. Yeah. And we, we flat, hunt... Flat as a pancake. <laughs> we hunt <laughs> yeah. a little bit of, uh, I'd say, central yeah. Ohio. So, like, we understand. But even yeah, yeah. even that stuff compared to, like, southern Ohio or, like, Kentucky mm-hmm. or Indiana, it's not even the same. What are you right. doing to... what's? Uh, Okay, so if you had to give advice to somebody on on learning how thermals work, what's the biggest advice that you would give? and I realize that everything's situational, and I realize mm-hmm. that I'm not looking for that cookie cutter answer, but are you are you wind mapping every time you go in with milkweed to figure it out? or have you just learned over time that you know are you're not overthinking it and you're just like this wind's gonna act like water and I just know yeah. I just know how it's gonna work?
2: Yeah, I think it's a little bit of both. Um, for the most part, I grew up in the mountains, and, you know, 10, 12 years ago, if you'd asked me why I sat up right there, I may not have been able to verbalize it, but there was something in my gut that was like, this is right. I know this is right, and I know I can kill him right here, and I did. And, but I may not have been able to verbalize it, but looking at it now and, you know, and, and having the friends that are talking to Alan and Nathan and those guys, and they can explain it in ways that make more sense. It's like, Oh, that's why that's doing that. But I guess once you, once you start diving into it and start, you know, practicing it and using it and watching it in action, you start learning. And like, for example, uh, last year I was hunting a buck, a good buck. Um, and it was opening Sunday and, uh, the wind was blowing dead at him and he was feeding and had no idea it was in the world, and I don't do scent control. So anybody looking at that is like, why are you not getting smelled? Well, there was a river below me, and I was on the cold side. It was before the sun was up. Everything was sucking to that river, and even though the breeze was blowing to him, my scent was never making it to him. Yeah. And I watched him feed at 40 yards, and I, he never he never made it to me. But, um, yeah, I mean, that's, that's an easy way to explain it is like water. It's going to go to the cooler, and it's just like <laughs> – I grew up in a log cabin with uh, no air conditioning. So I, I understand this on a spiritual level. I would always go sleep in the basement, make myself a little cot, And that's how I try to think of it is, you know, where would I sleep in the summer? You know? And uh, so it's, it's going to sink to that cooler air. And, and that's what I always try to keep in mind. And sometimes it's more complex than that. A lot of times um, we did a mountain buck workshop with, uh, with Timber Ninja here uh, a little bit ago with uh, Jason Allen came down there and, the wind and the thermals were literally 180, and that would switch. And, and, and there's a huge rub right in the middle of it, like a huge rub right in the middle of it. And that's what Alan said. He said, that's why that rubs there. And it's like, well, you ain't going to kill him there. He's going to smell you. If you try to hunt there, you're done. But he's there because all of that is going on right there and all that's interacting. And and you better believe they know how to use that. Oh my gosh. They know how to use that. Yeah. I was hunting in Ohio actually over that, that uh pipe that I was telling you about that goes under the road. And what it was, it was the first or second evening I was hunting there. And I knew the way the land laid, there was a T of transitions. And the the T that was perpendicular, the 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 longer side of the T had a creek down below it. And I can shoot about 25 yards. That's pretty much my max. I, I mean I can shoot a target further, but I don't I don't like shooting a deer over. I don't really like shooting a deer at 20, 25. I like shooting closer, but, um, I knew that with my, I could shoot both. I had, I had two trees to choose from is what I'm trying to say. One of them was like on the end of the tee. And I knew that I was only going to have a shot on this one, this, if he cruised this one transition and there was buck sign going both. And then the other one set up to where I could maybe play both. But I knew that once the thermal switched, I was, I needed him to come through before the thermals because if he come through after the thermals, he was going to hammer me. And I knew he was going to hammer me. And I went back and forth. And I'm the type of guy. And I, maybe you've done this before. Mm-hmm. I have literally stood at the base of a tree for 20 <laughs> minutes before. <laughs> Too many and the times. trees, the trees are 10 <laughs> yards apart. And it's like, oh God, which one? Which one? Which one? Which one? And it's just like you play any mini mini mo and you run every situation in your head. And everything in my body was like, let's try to double our odds. Let's try to double it. It's the rut. You know, chances are he's going to be on his feet pretty early. It's good wind. It's good weather. Um, So I went and tried to play both. I tried to get on up to where I could shoot both transition, if that makes – both sides of the tee, if that makes sense. And I'll never forget sitting there. I saw a couple little bucks. And it was right when the thermals start to switch. So right in that time of the evening where all of a sudden that cool breeze hits you in the face. And you're like, ooh, I need to stand up. I'm about to see it here. You know, and usually you are. And so I I stood up, I was already standing up and I felt that breeze hit me and it stopped. Everything went calm Well, I heard a deer walking and it was that slow, steady. And I don't care what anybody says. That's like my favorite part of hunting is that slow, steady. I'm going to shoot that buck walk and I don't even have to see him. I know what he is. I know what's going on. I'm getting on that string. It's going down. And so I hear that slow, steady walk. And I get turned around, and I see it. it's it's a good buck. I mean, he's a he's a good, mature shooter. I ain't going to put an inch mark on him because I don't know. I just know he was a good, mature buck. And it was kind of thick, and and I could see. And I just counted down, and I just sat there helpless like a whip pup. I knew exactly what was about to happen. And he was going to come through at about 20, 25 yards. But I knew it was like I'm not going to be able to shoot him until he's there. Yeah. And man, when he got there, oh Lord, his eyes. I mean, you could see his every muscle in his body just, I mean, he just stopped. And it's not that he didn't do what like a lot of does and little bucks do. Uh, he hopped off, he blew, hopped off like twice and then, you know, out of my life. And, but all he did was hit those thermals. And yeah. that's what taught me right there. It's like, forget the wind for the most part, play those thermals. I mean, that's, and right here in the mountains, um, you can look in the weather forecast all you want um, just because it says it's a west wind. Well, that west wind isn't taking account that big primary ridge and you're on a secondary ridge and, and how it interacts with that ridge. So it may be a west wind, but by the time it comes around to you, it may be coming up south. Yeah. So for me, I'm thinking about those thermals a lot more than I'm thinking about wind because the wind is like, that's a toss up for here. I mean, you you know, it just depends on the spot. But uh, yeah, those thermals, that's one thing that a lot of guys, you know, that I really learned with a stick bow, uh, specifically that that hunting with a stick bow has taught me a lot, a whole lot, made me a lot better bow hunter. A lot of people would say hunting with a stick bow will handicap a feller. Um, no hunting with a compound when have handicapped me because it would have allowed me to get away with things that I can't get away with now. Um, like I said, 20, 25 yards, I'm not crazy about that shot. I want him under my feet. I want an eight, nine yard shot, 10 yard shots, what I want. And, uh, in order to get that, you've really got to pay attention to those nuances. Uh, things like little thermals, the way, way it'll play in it, is there water in that? If there's water, it's going to be even harder than normal because it's going to that cool. Um, is How is the, the primary wind coming around that hill? You know, Those little nuances are huge. A lot of people think, and I, I'm a firm believer in this, I, I've heard Alan explain it five or six times on the podcast, and I think he's dead on. People think that bucks have a sixth sense. I don't think pe- bucks have a sixth sense. I don't think they have any magical powers. I think they are really in tune with those nuances. And things like shadows can cause thermals. I've heard Alan explain it this way things like shadows can cause thermals, even on a rising. If you got a sun beating down on you and you're in a shadow, well, those thermals are dropping in that shadow. So if that buck comes around the bottom side of that tree and he's in that shadow, well, now your thermals are going straight to him. Even if that wind is going everywhere, and even if the thermals are rising everywhere around you, if, you, if he's in that shadow, it's going to him. And those little nuances, I think those bucks can pick up on. And a lot of people will look at that and be like, "Dude, that deer's—he's a wizard. He just knows." <laughs> and it's like, no, he's not a wizard. He smelled you, you know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he he got your ground center. He got, he got your thermals is what he got. But you know, I, I don't know. I think, but it just it, talking about him like this just makes me golly. I can't wait for September. I love oh. Terry hunt, but my God, I can't wait for Dude, September. Me too.
0: Me too. Yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm hunting the yeah. first week in Kentucky, and I'm just itching right now.
1: Like,
2: yeah. Well, woo. we, I, 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 I made a huge mistake. I, uh, I, I agreed to go on an elk hunt. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh that first week, it's like because we're trying to play. That I'm a teacher, so I'm trying to get away with as many days as I can, and yeah. and trying to play that whole Labor Day thing, yep. yeah, that free yeah, day, yep, and yep. it's like. Now that I know it, we've already kind of settled, it's like I'm, I'm definitely going to hunt Kentucky, and and I know they open a week before us. They open that Labor Day Saturday or whatever. So yep. I'm like, God, I wish I'd have known that. Because don't get me wrong, I've never elk hunted. I'm excited to go elk hunting. But dude, I'm a whitetail hunter, and I just have a hard time believing that I'll ever care about anything else like I care about a whitetail. And now sitting here, I'm kind of kicking myself. I'm like, <laughs> been another, I could have been an extra chip. And I know that's the stupidest thing ever because elk hunting's awesome, no, and I'm going to love it. Yeah, but I, uh...
0: I'm with you guess, on that. I'm yeah. <laughs> I'm sitting next to a couple Western guys myself that really like yeah. the Western game, and like I, yeah, I don't understand that. But oh, not, the, these guys
2: but, taught me. These guys tried local tried taught me going to elk hunt last year, and they're like, "Well, oh, it's these days and these days," and I'm like you're getting back after the open day bow season and they're like well yeah we'll be back on sunday i'm like count me out dude <laughs> like i'm not missing the open day but i've never missed one in you know 24 year 25 years of bow hunting and i ain't gonna start this year and like you're telling me you can't miss one day no <laughs> i ain't missing one day that's my yeah. favorite day to hunt it's like yeah. christmas morning yeah. Yeah. absolutely not missing that and i told those guys on that hunt i'm like i gotta be back by september 8th and they're like why wow, you know that's on the weekend i'm like yeah i'm flying in friday night because i'm gonna be in a deer stand saturday morning.
3: <laughs> but <laughs> i know that's stupid but whatever no I, uh, just I, wait <laughs> till you hear a couple bugles and stuff them screaming oh i know I, I agree it, yeah. yeah but it, i agree with you though i mean there's nothing like being in the whitetail woods on opening day
2: yeah i i told there's a one of the guys that we hunt with all, all the time um he's my he's my best friend since i was a little kid it's his dad and we were sitting at a Cracker Barrel coming home from Ohio and, and my wife and, and little girl have been going with me most places now, which is awesome. We got a camper and I love them going with me mm-hmm. and going to see them at night hang out with them and stuff. But uh, we were coming back and they were sitting there and Callie was just making conversation and you know she asked Brad and I, she said, if money wasn't an option and you could hunt anywhere in the world and do anything, like any kind of hunting, times doesn't matter, money doesn't matter, where are you going to hunt? And we both sat around thought about it. And we both said, I just want to go on a really good deer hunt, really good bow hunt somewhere. I really, that's just what I want to do. And yeah. she was like, no, I said, you can go anywhere. Money's not an option. And I think she was expecting like Africa yeah, 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 or yeah. like some kind of grizzly bear or something. I'm like, I have yeah. no interest in going to Africa. Like, I, I don't know why I just, I've never been it. And I got made, you guys may be obsessed with that kind of thing. I've just Mm-mm. never yeah, been interested in nope. shooting a, a horse that's, painted right like that (laughs) does nothing for like i look at him and it's like
1: why would you shoot it
2: yeah i mean i get it but like i don't know i mean i know i know i'm weird i'm an anomaly some guys especially in the traditional community that's like a guys love going over to africa and doing that kind of thing and i'm like cool they all look (laughs) the same to me and i can go see it down at the zoo and be just as happy You know, right. so <clears throat> anyway, now Australia going to shoot them feral goats. I don't know what it is about them feral goats, but I don't want to go hunt them feral goats. <laughs> I don't know what, And it's not the trophy aspect. It's just like the, I want to go to Australia, yeah, man. Yeah. I want
0: to go, you know. So
2: anyways, I got, a, I got a buddy down there in Australia that I've made through the podcast and dude's crazy. He kills pigs and feeds them to the crocodiles. And, uh, he's awesome. And he keeps telling me, he's like, come on, come on, come on. We'll hunt for two, three weeks, whatever you can do. And so I'm looking into flats. We're gonna make it. We're gonna try to make it happen next year. I want to career. go so bad I can't. See it. Just to, like just to say I've done it. Like I don't right. know what yeah. it is. Africa does nothing for me, but them feral goats and like I
1: don't know, just even pigs down there and just I don't know. It's just cool, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, that yeah. could be quite the conversation, Pete. You know, sitting around here, you're like, yeah, I went and shot goats, man. <laughs> yeah, people, <laughs> yeah. people be wonder. like, hey, now, hey. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and they they hunt cats like
2: feral cat. I'm talking oh, kitty it's like. It. like Like meow, meow, man. I mean, they are, they are feral. They look just like your tabby cat on the street and Ohio beats anything I've ever seen for feral cats. We could do some, um, cat hunting in Ohio, but, um,
0: old ditch tigers are everywhere around. Yeah, man.
2: Oh my gosh. They're, and they're just holding up these cats and like, they've got a scoring system for them. And all these people are like, Oh my God, you shot a cat. And I'm like, and they're just, you know, I don't know. They're like, I can't believe you're surprised by this. And anyways, every time we – his name's Jack Spinks. Love the guy. If you're on Instagram, go follow him. He's oh, awesome. We're, he's we're going to follow him after this. We're going to go Absolutely check him hysteric. out. Absolutely hysterical. If you want to get a guy on a podcast where you can't breathe because you're laughing, <laughs> that guy is hysterical. Like he is the funniest guy we've ever had on a podcast highly recommend him if you want an Australian guy,
0: but <laughs> absolutely awesome. we'll hysterical.
2: <laughs> he's the guy I'm going to hunt with. I can't wait to go hang out with him. <laughs> but God, uh, he's the guy, good. he's like, they like almost walked into, if I, I'm richer in this, but he, they like almost got ate by crocodiles. Like they almost like walked into some water and made a big mistake. And then they step back and they're like, oh my God, that was really close. <laughs> and then they go and kill a pig. And then they both look at each other and they're like, what if we can feed that pig to that crocodile? And so they go back and try to feed the pig they just killed to the croc. It it is the funniest <laughs> story. You got to get him to tell you some Oh boy, sounds crazy. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, they, oh, he's just Australian, man. Guy, yeah. guy was hunting with him, had a heart attack, and he's like takes him to the hospital, and he's just like, "Well, did he make it?
0: Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> guy's like dying." Oh,
2: they cracked me.
0: Up. Anyways, I may mean, get totally derailed. You no, know, I no, run around. No, that's awesome. But, oh, okay. no, I I know that uh, it's it's a school note. Or, excuse me, it's a school night for you, and I want to be cautious of your time. Um. I'm I'm good on my end, unless you guys have anything. I think we've pretty much covered it. I know we can get into more detail, yeah. but it, I mean, we yeah. we could probably do a separate podcast on that sometime. If the you only know. thing
3: <laughs> I would want to hear about is about the woodsmanship because I feel like that's yeah. been lost. Um, in, the, in the last yeah. few years, yeah. I know. Great, great point. From like the Outdoor Channel and YouTube and mm-hmm. stuff like that. Like, there's tactics out there now that are being brought up on YouTube and stuff, but I just think like. Reading the lay of the land and like how mm-hmm. nature works and how God created it and stuff like that is just kind of died. Yeah, yeah.
2: It so. has. And and but the thing is, the thing that gives me hope is seeing these kids. And like I told you guys, and I don't, you know, at the very beginning of this podcast, I don't even know if we were recording, but being around these kids all the time, kids never changed at all. Kids are the exact same as they were in 1920. You hear this all the time: kids these days. Uh-uh. No. You are just dead wrong. If you say that, you are just dead wrong. You could not be more wrong in anything. It is not kids that changed. It's parenting that changed. And things like the Outdoor Channel, it can be good in a way, but in the other, what these kids, they're starving for that kind of thing like woodsmanship. And, you know, just taking those kids to show them that trail camera, you wouldn't believe the conversations that have came from that. And, like, Mr. Lewis, how, how did you know where to put that scrape? And I was like, well, buddy, that's a bench. I mean, everything's going to walk through that bench. That's why we have a hiking trail across that bench, man, mm-hmm. is because that's just everything is going to go there because it's easier walking and deer are the same way and just showing them those little nuances. And those kids' minds are just exploding. And the the want and the drive is there. And we just have to have people that will bring that information to them. And what they're getting from the industry and what i have a huge in, a huge issue in the industry is is the buy-in success i can't stand that and whether it's gimmicks and you go to like to the ata show i went for a company a few years ago to the ata show and these gimmicks it's just like just learn how to hunt like yeah. don't create a crossbow that you can shoot them 120 yards learn how to get them to 20 yards or yeah. 30 yards you yeah. know you're going to enjoy it a lot more yeah. um than if you do that and it's just like on one hand i get it on the other hand it's like you're stripping everything that 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 is about it you know i mean for example you know and i won't get too much i don't i'm not going to dive down the politic hole but it's the we've got a we've got a day coming in hunting that i'm worried about and that is when is when are we ever going to say enough with there's a line that we're about to cross with technology and And you see that out West with trail cams, they're banning trail cams left and right. And it's like, they're not banning the Tasco. It's not because the Tasco $28 cameras. It's because the cell cams that are, that are sending real time info. And it's, that's not fair chase hunting. I mean, I hate to break it to people, but if I know guys literally locally that have got a camera on a bait pile on a field out behind their house and they're sitting there watching TV, watching the Cowboys play and, they get a picture of a buck they're after, and they slip around the house with a rifle and shoot it. And it's like, at what point is technology going to, at what point do we say enough? Like this is something's got to change here mm-hmm. because I mean, you know, now we're doing live streaming cameras. I mean, like don't get me wrong. I'm not being an elitist. I have trail cameras. Like I enjoy messing with them. I enjoy doing that kind of thing, but there's a point where it becomes too much. There's a point where is it even bow season anymore? I mean, is it, where's that point? And I think that that's a really big conversation that the hunting industry is going to have to figure out very quickly. Um, And these kids, I'll be honest with you, these kids are a lot more into the journey than you think they are. Um, If you show me a kid whose first deer is 150 inch deer, you're showing me a former hunter, period. That kid will never have an interest in hunting. I know teenagers. I've coached them for years, volleyball, wrestling, football, um, teaching them if it's that easy for them, they don't care about it. Period. Yeah, yeah. Um, that will be their first and last deer. They've got to earn it and they've got to work with it. And, and they want that. They want to struggle. They want to work with it. They're like, well, don't do it for me. You know, show me how to do it, but mm-hmm. don't do it for me. And I don't know. I feel like the industry is the hunting industry is weird. And I know it's all dollar driven and I know that it's a conundrum. I, I get it. I, it's not that simplistic. There's, we need hunter numbers. I mean, our numbers are Nose diving across the country like we need more hunters and if you create access with things like you know with crossbows or, or, or trail cameras and you're getting interest then it's you know you're but there's it's a catch-22 and it's a it's a weird place to be so i don't know i didn't mean get all philosophical but that you know no, no that's like kind of that. where with me i don't know that's that's kind of the the conundrum that i'm in is like you know it's like with my daughter you know she's 18 months old and I can't tell you how many times I've sat here and just thought, how am I going to play this? How am I going to try to pass this love on to her? Because I don't want her to be, well, daddy put me in a really good stand and I killed a deer, you know, I don't want that. Like, I just, I know that she won't enjoy it. She won't be a hunter. Mm-hmm. If that happens, mm-hmm. she'll be a one and done. Um, you know, I, I grew up wrestling and uh, you know, Dan Gable, they had, there was this really big recruit out of somewhere. And, and Dan Gable, legendary coach out of Iowa, that, they ask him what what he thought about this recruit, and he said, show me a junior national champion, and I will show you a former wrestler. And it's like, what do you mean? This guy's getting offers from everywhere. You're not interested? And he's like, he's already peaked. He's already he's already hit the high. What, what more has he got to do? And I feel like with kids and with a lot of hunters, they want that instant gratification, that instant success. And if they get it, they miss the entire point. They miss the entire enjoyment, and it's like, well, that was easy, you know. Whatever I don't I don't really care for it so, anyways not to get philosophical but that's that's the conundrum I'm in and and uh, that's one I think we got to work with as bow hunters specifically you know because bow seasons are are different than everything else but anyways so
3: yeah, not to get going you you talk about no. getting too detailed I'll be on no, here all night good. talking about that
0: no no I like it I like it and I kind of want to bring up a point that maybe will I don't know stir stir some feathers or ruffle some feathers I should say but like I. <laughs> I don't really think that the cell cameras are that bad of an issue if used properly. Right I, right. I agree with what you're saying on, like, you know, old boy gets a picture sitting on the couch watching the football game or whatever, yeah. runs outside with his rifle. But, like, if used properly, it's just a tool. Exactly. Like, nothing yeah. else. Like, you just have to – we have to be more –
1: I don't know what I'm trying to say like well, the and the problem is, is in order for it to be used as a tool like that you have to then think that people aren't going to misuse it is the problem it's it's yeah. easily misused it's, mm-hmm. it's I guess where I was getting at is and hard, we're humans
0: it's, it's hard for me to say like oh just ban technology because like for example yeah. like I it's hard for me to justify the the, oh well, he only killed that buck because of a cell cam. Because for mm-hmm. me, it's like he still needed that woodsmanship to put that right. camera in the right location. Like I, yeah. I'll be the first one to say that I, I run a handful of cell cameras, but mm-hmm. I don't stare at my phone while I'm hunting and like think, well, where yeah. am I going to go? How am I going to hunt it? It's it's a tool that mm-hmm. I use properly, but I still like no matter what. Even if I get a picture of the biggest deer I've ever seen in my life on one yeah. camera, as I'm going in. If I see sign that I just can't pass up, I'm still hunting that sign. I'm Absolutely. not. I'm not hunting the camera. So I yeah. think I think it's like, it, I guess what I'm trying to say is we got to be careful with like just pointing fingers at technology yeah. or like crossbows. Like we we have mm-hmm. to teach people how to use tools properly. Not. Yeah. It's not like you were saying like it's a money thing. Like it's not you can't buy X amount of cell cameras to be successful. And I agree with that. But just because you have a cell camera doesn't make you a bad hunter. It just right. means that you have to use your woodsmanship to put that camera in the right place. It's a tool. You're not going to live by it. But hey, if it helps out, it helps out. Mm-hmm. Because let's be honest, most of us are weekend warriors, right? Like we mm-hmm. we might take off a couple weeks out of the year. We, we might do this, but we have jobs. Like We don't hunt full time. Yeah. We're not THP running around hunting every day of the year. Yeah. As yeah. Much as some, that would be awesome. As, <laughs> <laughs> figure out a way to make that happen. But. As, as, as much as yeah. we wish we could. Yeah. It's not possible. You're and like, right. you know, and obviously like everybody's chasing that mature whitetail. Everybody's chasing that big mm. deer. Like to say that you're not chasing a big animal or, or say to say that like, oh, I don't chase horns. It's not really realistic because for me, it's yeah. like you have to chase that big animal because that's the drive. Like that's right. the drive. Yeah. So yeah. with me being a weekend warrior, like I'm okay saying that I, I use cell cameras because I don't rely on them i don't sit over i don't sit on my couch and wait for it to ding for one yeah, I, I don't right. own the property behind my house like you know half my half of my cell cameras are out of state somewhere and it's just giving me an intel of like okay when i go there i want to target this area and stay away from that area yeah enough of my oh, yeah. i just i just kind oh, of yeah. wanted to throw that out there
2: i couldn't agree more i mean it's and that's like anything i mean that's you know I, i've got a cell camera i don't get me wrong i've got a cell camera. i've got a uh a tacticam that I really like. Like I enjoy it. At one o'clock. It sends me pictures. Yeah. I enjoy seeing what come through. I got it out there right now. Um and don't get me wrong, it but that's but like I said, that's not what they're banning in Utah. Like they have to because they can't control, like you said, they can't control how you use it. Yeah. And the other things and the other things drones. Uh you know, like yeah, that's an interesting thing. I know guys it, right now, in North Carolina, they're not breaking any laws, but they've got a drone that's got thermal energy imaging. Yep. They're flying bedding areas at night,
0: yeah.
2: and they're seeing who's bedded where, and yeah, that's that's not fair chase. No, I mean, that's, I that's absolutely that's not. crossing a line. And yeah. see, the truth is, with technology, I couldn't agree more with you. But like, what I think legislation, like what the legislators are running into, is like you said, there is absolutely no way to dictate how you use it and that's with anything i mean that's you know i mean there's there's nothing that that that's not the case like i mean let's take a speed limit for example i mean you know what i mean like you you can't so i yeah it's you're exactly right it's not you don't really want to point fingers because it's not the camera it's it's again it's how you use it and um i think if more guys got in there and 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 learned the woodsmanship piece and the journey piece and if they ever took stock in like, hey, what do I really enjoy about hunting? Is it actually killing something? Or do I really just enjoy everything the about journey, it? I love the deer yeah, camp. I love process. I love the yeah, I love the scouting. I love the setting the camera, like you say, putting it in the right place. I love doing this, doing that. That's when you realize that that's what you really love, mm-hmm. not just the not just the killing. Um, you know, one thing I thought was really wise, I saw on YouTube one of the guys that maybe it was the Pinhodi guy. I don't remember what his name is. Um, But he like lights up a cigar, and I don't smoke. But he like he lights up a cigar every turkey he kills, and he like sits there and talks about it, thinks about it, just chills out for a minute. Yeah. And I thought, you know what a what a good reminder to just slow down and enjoy what you're doing, because so many times it's like if I kill a bird, I'm already in my brain. I'm like, well, I got another tag. Where am I going? You know, I got I got Virginia license, or I got Ohio license. Let's, Mm -hmm. Let's let's get on the road and see if I can go kill something else. But in reality, we need to sit back and realize why we do it, why we love it. And I don't know. And and then back, you know, making a giant circle back. And that's kind of, that's the premise of the stick boys. And that's, if you get on our videos, I hope that's what you see is that's what we're doing. There's a lot of videos of us, you know, laughing and cutting off, cutting up and goofing off. And that's, that's it for us. When I think about how much I love bow hunting, it's not actually killing a big buck. It's the everything that goes with it it's the smells i can smell september like i just oh yeah oh i love that dude, smell. don't and get those me started fresh <laughs> dude leaves. hearing hearing like those katydids going like oh. in late summer it's just like the oh, skeeters can, in your ear yeah 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 yeah. <laughs> so, yeah even the skeeters. i love the skeeters. yeah, yeah i mean it's just the, that whole and that's the journey that's every bit of it and i think especially as bow hunters if we ever get to a point where we just you realize that man hunting is so much more enjoyable than yeah. it is sitting there and it's like well does he meet my minimum? Is he, you know, is this? I gotta kill a deer today. I gotta kill a buck, you know, whatever. I, I say that after I said I'm not gonna sit somewhere unless I think I'm gonna kill a deer that <laughs> evening. <either. laughs> but you know what I'm saying? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. Irony, but it is what it is. So yeah. anyway, but you guys, we're birds of a feather. It seems pretty yeah. obvious.
0: We got, we got of think the same way on something. like that. No, I, and that's why I wanted to reach out to you guys because I've been following you for quite some time, and then that podcast that i listened to a couple weeks ago I, it really just sparked an interest in me and i was like we got to have this yeah. guy on mm-hmm. yeah. So, <laughs>
2: well i appreciate it man it's uh big woods hunting and and, and mountain hunting that's where uh that's where i cut my teeth and and it translates other places even in other you know other terrains it can be a can be a big deal so yeah and yep. it's getting to be more popular and i'm glad to see that people are starting to recognize it as a as a cool way to hunt or fun way to yeah. hunt yeah, yeah. it
0: yeah. is yeah. I want to make one point and I don't want to go down the rabbit trail. <laughs> I'm just going to make a point. I'm going to make a point. We're going to drive by it. yeah. And then we're going to go right to our final question. But I do yeah. want to say one thing. You want to teach a kid how to be a woodsman? Take away the corn pile. Yeah. Do absolutely. not let that kid hunt over a bait site because that bait site is teaching him nothing. If yeah. I were to go back in time, I wish my old man in Ohio, we can bait. I yeah. wish my old man would have not put me in front of a corn pile. Now, granted, yeah. he wanted to give me the best opportunity right. to kill an animal, but it didn't teach me anything. Yeah, it yeah. taught me to take a fifty-pound bag, dump it in the woods, put a camera mm-hmm. over it, and wait. Yeah, that's yeah. not hunting, and right. I quit hunting over bait probably in high school, late high school. Yeah, and it was probably one of the best decisions of my life was to yeah. not hunt over bait. And if anybody's listening to this and they do hunt over bait, you know, I'm not saying that bait's a bad thing. You know, and right in the right situation, it can work. But if yeah. you really want to appreciate the process, don't hunt mm-hmm. over corn. That's yeah. all I'm going to say. I don't want to go down that rabbit hole, but um, I just want to make that point. Yeah. So, all right, Kevin, let's wrap this thing
3: up. Well, yeah. We want to thank you for coming on the podcast. So why don't you uh, give the listeners another, um, I guess, tell the listeners where they can find you guys on social media, YouTube, all that. Yeah. And then our last question. And then we'll wrap yep. it up with the question. Yep
2: okay so uh yeah it, it we're the stick boys on uh, Instagram uh, Facebook you can find us at stick boys um, and uh, on YouTube it's just the stick boys and uh, you can you can search these uh, that or you can go on our instagram or Facebook and find all those videos um, and hopefully like we see hopefully you'll you'll see just just some good old boys having a good time and that's really what we you know, I have no aspirations to be famous or to do like we just wanna have we just wanna have, yeah. have a good time with yeah. it and yeah. have yeah. a lot yeah. of fun. And and the day I quit, you know, the the day that I that I don't enjoy it anymore, I'm gonna take up something stupid like golf. Um <laughs> because it, you know, that's that's really where it's at sorry oh, yeah. like golf. Yeah. We don't golf. I, yeah, <laughs> you no, know, it makes no sense to me. But anyways, not good. um yeah, if uh yeah, so hopefully if you get on there and you see that and and I've told people before, you know, that's that's where it's at for us. And if you ever see us, you know, doing something else or losing our roots, I always tell people, I was like, "Come on there and tell me I'm an idiot." That would make me feel awesome, you know. If, I, <laughs> if we're if we're getting away from our roots, because I'll be like, you know what? You're right. I've always yeah. been, I've always tried, especially my teaching. My my bright, my greatest moment teaching, I feel like, was there was a girl in my class or kid in my class, and and we were we were going over something. I forget what we were going over, and she stopped me in the middle of class and she said, "Mr. Lewis, you're my favorite teacher," and. Like, I know you've worked so hard on this lesson, and, like, I know what you're saying is good, but I'm just not getting it. Is there something else we can, like, some other way we can look at this – and to me, that like made my heart explode in joy because I was like, you know what? We that means that, that we have a good enough teacher student relationship that she's comfortable enough to stop me and say, Hey, I'm not getting this. Can mm-hmm. we do something else? That shows a lot. And so I've always told people, if we ever lose that, man, call me out on it. Because yeah. that's, you know, that's yeah. that's what I want to come across. And I hope that comes across. And if that ever doesn't come across, I want to know about it. So yeah, yeah get on there and check it out. And like I said, just a bunch of good old boys,
3: yeah, yeah. good old boy things.
0: I enjoy but, it. Yeah. I enjoy it a lot. <laughs> yeah, so good.
3: Okay, well, to wrap it up, we got a final question for you. And All right, that is, what can you apply to your everyday life that you have learned or picked up from hunting? Get, oh get, man, get
0: deep with it. Get
2: deep with it. All right, I'm an English teacher. You don't really want to do that. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, I'm gonna say, man, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna get super deep. I'm gonna go Ecclesiastes okay. three, and I'm gonna say to everything: "There's a season to everything; there's a purpose. There is nothing, and I'm butchering that, of course, but it's I, you know, yeah. you know the yeah. person I'm talking about. Yep. Um, everything has a purpose, and if you go in these woods, these skeeters that drive us crazy, they have a purpose. Every branch and every limb and every everything has a purpose, and it's there." In its purpose, and it's fulfilling its purpose. And and that creation is, is beautiful, and it's perfect. And to think that I'm part of that creation is amazing. And that's one reason I love being in the woods so much, is I, I can look around and see the perfection that is creation, and I can sit there and say, wow, the dude that created this also created me. Yeah. And he also knows me, and he also loves me. And beyond that, his son came and died for me. And that's awesome. That's like the coolest thing. And so everything in this life that that we see that is so detrimental and and with so much stress, and I told you that we we lost a junior at our our local high school last week, and it was so devastating, and, and it still is, and it's sad, but I know everything there's a reason everything everything there's a season everything there's a purpose on heaven mm-hmm. and i may not see it i may never see it i may never understand it probably won't bible says we look through the glass we look at life through a glass darkly and but somewhere somehow it's just like the woods it's everything's got a purpose everything in my life has a purpose and i think being in god's creation and seeing that that's what i've learned is just trust the dude like he's got it, you know. Mm-hmm. If he can create this, then – and he can make this work. I mean, you look at some of the stuff, these creatures he's created, these deer and their, their abilities, and, and not just the deer, but, like, all the animals. And you, you watch a sunrise. You go watch a sunrise in these mountains, and you think it came. There may have been a big bang, but you think that didn't come from something. Like, God, you're crazy. You're yeah, losing your yeah, mind yeah. if you can watch that and not think, man. You know, and then to think that – that God cares about me is that's the thing I've learned from, from, from hunting all these years. And it's why I love it. And it's such a peaceful thing. And it's such a, I told my kids Friday, we had, it was a really sad day. And I told them, they're like, we're going to talk about it. And I was like, guys, there's some days you love be, teaching. And there's other days like today. I just want to be on a mountain somewhere. I just want to be somewhere looking at trees, looking on, at something else. Cause that's
1: mm-hmm.
2: yeah. Just seeing something. Cause that's where I feel peace. And that's where you know, and then, and then even greater than that, all of this that that we see that's so amazing, that was in six days, and the Bible says that he went to prepare a place for us. That's been a lot more than six days. Yeah. How much more amazing is heaven going to be than than what we see and what we see already is like fascinating. So, I don't know. That's a long winded answer, but that. That's one. That's probably the most thing I've learned is is to everything. There's there's a purpose. There's a reason. There's a, you know, and something's there. And you know, you start looking at things like, like acorn production. Like a a squirrel population can vary up to eighty five percent a year based on the mast. Like all that's like in timing. It's all in purpose because it, it all works together. So anyways
3: yeah i won't get no, too, I, long I, with I, again, I, too much of Robert hill but I, I love it. it i love good. it it's good yeah. thank you for sharing that yeah. definitely
0: that's one of the better ones we've had
3: yeah and uh matt mentioned an atom walk uh we had a podcast with david miller from west virginia yeah. and he's like i don't know if you're familiar with him or not but uh he, uh he mentioned something like when he's just out in the woods and he wants to feel close to god and he just looks around and he's just like man this is like what adam walked through the garden with talking with god and stuff yeah yeah so he yep. refers to adam walking yeah we've kind of adopted that it's it's just a very cool catchy thing oh yeah like, i
0: love our adam yeah. walks yeah it's just you know we've, it's a good we, reminder you know yeah exactly you know it's just it's all i can say yeah. it's one of them things where if you want to get closer to god go on a walk through the woods
2: yeah, I couldn't. I couldn't agree more. That's, you know, I don't get me wrong. Bible says forsake not the assembly yourself. And I, I, love my church. I love my youth group. I love being around that stuff. But some of the best conversations I've had with God are, are mm-hmm.
0: in the woods. Yeah. Yep. You know? Yeah. So, yeah.
3: But. I love it.
0: All
2: right.
3: Well, yeah. Let's wrap it up. So, thank you again for joining us. We had a really good time. Oh, I love this episode. Yeah. Yeah. to yeah. yeah. getting on here with you guys. Thanks for having old Mountain Boy on here. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay, doesn't matter what you've done in the past, you can always be born again, and born again is out. Peace.